Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer, here along with Les Bowen. Howdy, hi. And joining us for the first time, EJ Smith. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, EJ. Uh, filling in for uh, Paul Damo, who's taking a little break. Um, okay, we got a lot to talk about. So, Eagles finally won a game less, EJ. They did. <laughs> Beating the Bills on the road. Before we kind of get into the injuries and looking ahead to the Bears, I want to talk about this game and whether we feel like it's kind of a turning of the corner or not. Uh, Les, what do you think? <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far yet. I, it was a game they had to win to keep their season viable, and they did it, and they did it fairly impressively. But you could still see some of the problems that I think are going to haunt them against good teams – the coverage downfield wasn't great. Uh, you know, the Josh Allen just wasn't capable of beating it a lot of times on a on a day when the weather was ridiculous. Right. You know, um, offensively they're still really limited. I mean, I, they're hoping to get Deshaun Jackson back this week. We don't know what sort of Deshaun Jackson that's going to be when he does come back. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still an offense that uh, kind of plods along and, and struggles to, to get over the 20-point mark, I think. Uh, so, you know, I want to see them do it again, I guess. Uh, they did it in, in Green Bay, and we got all excited. And, you know, you know what happened uh, the rest of the, the month since then. Um, you know, it's, it's, they, they did some good things. They've gotten some people back. I think the corner position is a little better than it was yeah, a few absolutely. weeks ago. Yeah. But I don't, uh, I, I don't think this is a, a top echelon team right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in the fact that I don't think the Bills are as good as the 5-1 record uh, indicated. We all know the record of those teams that they had beaten was 6-26, and so it puts that into perspective. Mm -hmm. um, Josh Allen is certainly not a top-tier quarterback, if not even really an average one. Um, you know, on the ground, he could do a couple of things. I was surprised when they ran him on that third down, and that's really where the game turned. Is when Brandon Graham stripped him, and the Eagles right. had only three points to that point. Yeah, it was to a that, seven three game to that point in the game, and they converted and turned it into you know eight points and an eleven to seven lead at the halftime. And I think you know, obviously, the Miles Sanders touchdown was huge, and it seemed like they kind of yeah. it snowballed on the Bills from that point forward and maybe a couple questionable decisions. But as you mentioned, there were times there were blown coverages that Josh Allen didn't didn't hit guys and, and he did on that one drive and they scored a touchdown to, to narrow the lead mm -hmm. um convert a bunch of third down 17 13 yeah, yeah. yeah so but uh, the other thing is i don't know uh you know ej you wrote a little bit about this uh, earlier in this week just that the fact that they were able to play with the lead so i think that plays a little bit into running the ball more than they have but is this a team that needs to be this is way more than i thought they would at this point especially with a healthy carson wentz do you feel like this is something that they're going to have to um, stick to the blueprint. Um, Carson Wentz called it the recipe. I think he was just kind of playing along there. Right. But um, I don't know. From what you've seen, what do you think this offense needs to be? Well, I think that the elements played a big role in how they were able to succeed against the Bills. You know, I mean, the Bills weren't able to beat those coverages mostly because the elements were so bad. It was wet. It was really yeah. windy. Um, and, you know, the Eagles' rush defense isn't the problem. Um, so as far as it goes with, the, um, with rushing yeah. on the offensive side – I mean, I think that that's the team that they're sort of thinking they need to be. I mean, it's it's working well for them. I think when they get into a rut where they're throwing the ball a lot, it becomes predictable. Um, I'd like to see what they look like balanced with the lead, if that happens, um, because I do think that the elements 
led to them running that much. You know, it's easy to say, oh, they should run the ball as much as they did against the Bills and have that success, but it's not exactly what you want to do necessarily. So, right. it, All things being equal, you're not really making the best use of Carson Wentz, right. but I think a huge part of this is you keep the defense off the field <laughs> when you run the ball, the Eagles' defense, and I, I really think that's a big part of their thinking. Their defense is bad. Even with a couple corners back, it's bad. Uh, and especially against good offenses, it's bad. Yeah. So if you can chew up 10 minutes driving downfield, you do it. Well, you know, I do, you know the defense, um, I thought the rush was a little better than it has been. I think there's yeah. glimmers of hope there. Fletcher right. played probably his best game of the year. Right. Brandon Graham may have played his best game of the year. So if you can get those guys playing to where we typically see them play mm -hmm. and Dark Burnett starts to kind of chip in a little bit more, then I think you're feeling pretty good. I think obviously you're concerned about the second unit. You know, Vinnie Curry hasn't really given you much. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of injuries at defensive tackle. Tim Jernigan could be back this week. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later when we look ahead to the Bears game. So they're getting some guys back. Uh, as we mentioned before, the cornerback position with Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby out there, you know, as, as Malcolm Jenkins said yesterday, we, we're getting our best guys back. I mean, he, yeah. he wasn't mentioning any words about it. Um, and those were the two guys you won the Super Bowl with. Yes. So you can win with them. Obviously, you need a stronger pass rush to win with those guys, and they haven't been getting that. And you kind of need better linebacking. I mean, Nate Gary in that game, he was spying Josh Allen, which translated into long completions every time it looked like Josh Allen got out of the pocket because instead of waiting for him to cross the line of scrimmage, uh, Gary went running headlong at him, <laughs> you know, every time he was uh, – every time he moved his legs. And uh, – I just don't think – until Nigel Bradham gets back, I think their linebackers are kind of a disaster. But I guess we'll see uh, if they can yeah. do a little better this year. you going to make a point? I do think that the defense is sort of – going back to the leads really quick, I do think that the defense is sort of built to yeah. protect the lead as yes. opposed to get off the Good field point. three and out. You know, when they were successful in 2017, it was because, you know, they can start to sort of like sit on the pass rush a little bit more, yeah. you know, you get back. upfield and – yeah, it's sort of just protect the lead instead of just trying to desperately get off the field. You know, it's kind of like a bend but don't break mm -hmm. type defense. Absolutely. So. I mean, and that's what the personnel is. Uh, one, one thing we should point out as well, Avante Maddox is back practicing. And to yeah. me, that's an upgrade, too, at the nickel spot. Absolutely. I, I imagine that Sydney's going to lose it. Again, he, he struggled. It, to, in his defense, he's been playing mostly outside. And it's been right. a while since he played in the slot. I know he did a little bit of that in training camp. Mm -hmm. He's just – I mean, there were a couple coverages that he – I mean, he lost Cole Beasley in man coverage, which was, which was bad. But then there was an, another pass that originally, when you watched it, you thought it was Jalen Mills who got turned around, but not. It, it was Sidney yeah. uh, ran up to Josh Allen and didn't stay in his zone, right. and the ball and they threw the ball right over him. Yeah. And there were and there was another blown coverage, uh, I think later in the second half. And if Josh Allen had seen it. He would yeah. a wide open right. guy. Yeah. That was yeah. a touchdown, and then it would have been a Sydney went to the wrong guy. It would have yeah. been a twenty-four twenty game as a put, but then he got sacked on the play. So you know, quarterbacks. I'm, yeah. I'm, now quarterbacks not like Mitchell Trubisky, but quarterbacks <laughs> right. like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson are hitting that touchdown. Well, this is part of what's puzzling about the whole Sidney Jones thing. I know we've talked about him a lot, but you know when he came out of Washington, we did stories about the the guy Jimmy Lake, who was his position yeah. coach, and how the other players kidded him about being part of Lake's family because he spent so much time with the guy watching film and he was so astute and so smart. We haven't seen any of that. I don't know what kind of defense they played at Washington, 
But it's kind of like when we got Namdi Asamoa from the Raiders, and he was supposed to be the best corner, and they were going to use him all over the field. And it turned out he only knew how to run down the field with one guy. He had never played zone defense. He had never moved right. around, you know. Um, and Jim doesn't play a lot of man defense. I don't know what right. the heck Sidney Jones was studying on all that film, but I don't see him as a particularly astute or, you know, a heady player at all. I would have to agree, and I think part of it is obviously the injuries and, and, and confidence, confidence and everything, everything yeah. that's yeah. been in his head. Um, all right, let's get to uh, this week. What we're, they're getting a bunch of guys back, and obviously the most important one is Deshaun Jackson. Look, I think early on maybe we thought the problems of the offense were because they all of a sudden lost this big play threat. But as we saw, there's much more right. going, wrong, going wrong with the offense and that they weren't able to not only to replace them but not even come close to finding somebody who could, who could stretch the field downfield. In fact, the only guy who could was Miles Sanders. Um, yeah, nobody could even step up and be like a little bit above average. Yeah, yeah it wasn't even about, again, we yeah. had all the drop passes and it's just getting – with Alshon, it's like he can't get as much separation as he used to. And with Nelson, he just can't be consistent enough in right. making plays. Right. And there's, they're supposed to be your top – And then there's Matt Collins, who's just sort of like the black hole. Out yeah, there. <laughs> right. Well, in his defense, they haven't been throwing the ball a lot. so And they haven't been finding Ertz. They haven't – you know, they haven't been yeah, finding – you know, like, yeah. so it's like I'd rather them find Ertz than, than Matt Collins. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. But you do raise a good point. He's played 140 snaps, and he has in zero October, targets. Yeah, no, no, uh, no catches. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could throw yeah. a you know a parking cone out there, and uh, a traffic cone, and, and he'll do better. If someone <laughs> has to cover him on the outside, right? That was that was always my joke for, uh, um, I think it was Riley Cooper at one point. Anyway, um, so Deshaun comes back. We think, mm-hmm. right? He was limited on Wednesday. We'll right. see how he does on Thursday. That's the issue with this thing. I mean, Doug has said he's not going to be 100%. What can we expect out of Deshaun, even if he does play on Sunday? Well, he's still a threat, you know. I mean, they're going to have to account for him. I thought he looked pretty good in the portion of practice that we got to see. It looked like he was getting in and out of his breaks pretty well. Um, I mean, when we talked to Zach Ertz yesterday, he brought up how he's seeing a lot of different coverages than he saw last year. I think even just having the safety over the top to account for Deshaun is going to open things up for him and hopefully, you know, open things up for him. Right, yeah. I mean, maybe a little bit of a decoy. even. But, yeah. um, but that's but that, that can only, only go so only, far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. if, if it's halftime and he hasn't even been targeted or it's clear that he can't get downfield, they'll just start treating him like he's, you know, Greg Ward or something. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing with I heard with <laughs> – with sports hernia surgeries from players who've had them and from guys I even know who have had them. It's like, you can, you can survive with not having the surgery mm-hmm. um, and even perform at a pretty high level, but it will never be a hundred percent. And at any moment, all of a sudden it could, you just have a major setback, rip the whole thing up. And yeah. I think that's mm. the concern with Deshaun. I know there's been a lot of talk about whether he should have had the surgery or not. My guess is if he had the surgery when, when he could have had it, he wouldn't have been back by this point. Yeah, that's the thing. He's 32, and the surgery is a big deal. I mean, it's if he has the surgery after the season, it's probably going to take him well into training camp to be, right. you know, to be really himself again. So, you know, it wasn't a no-brainer, but it it, it, it really probably would have maybe been better in the long run. They would be at least into the off season with him healthy and all that good stuff. Well, certainly we'll, <laughs> with Deshaun even out there, um, an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Even at whatever, let's say, let's say he's not even, let's say he's actually fifty percent. He's still better yeah. than Matt Collins. <laughs> yeah. um, Avante Maddox, as we mentioned, is coming back. Tim Jernigan, uh, there's a chance he'll be back as well. Um, and then there's one other. Oh, Sproles. Yeah. But my guess was that Sproles is almost primarily 
the punt returner. Maybe right. you'll see a little bit of yeah. him there here and there on third down. And um, frankly, I you know Boston Scott fumbled that ball, and that was almost a disaster Sunday. But I kind of like you Boston love Boston. Scott. You love Boston. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, he's a tough little guy, and he he's uh, and he's not thirty six years old. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just uh, I it's almost time to start thinking about stuff like that. You know? Yeah, uh, they did a nice job coming in when they caught him when he was called upon scoring yeah, the touchdown. Yeah. Um, he he's, he's had some nice runs uh, late in the games. Yeah. And the other guy is, oh, so we, Jason Peters is not going to be back, and Nigel Bradham. Neither of them have practiced. You mentioned uh, Nigel before less and, and about yeah. the concerns at the, at the linebacker spot. But let's talk about left tackle. I mean, yeah. Andre Dillard has, has, you know, quitted himself these last few games. Not great. But, Much better in Buffalo. I mean, look, I we, we've always yeah. said that you can clearly see the talent. This is going to be a right. starting 10-year starter yeah. in the NFL. It, and how far <laughs> off is the drop-off from – Peters to Dillard. Peters right now, I don't think it's that big a drop-off. Peters is much, much stronger yes. and doesn't get pushed backwards as much. But I think I've seen guys go around Peters more than I have go around Dillard, you know, in the few games that he's played. And, and that game in Buffalo, that was a strong game. I mean, he, I would say he was below average when he had to come in for Jason a couple games back, kind of average Dallas uh, in a bad game for everybody. But I thought he was good. Sunday against Buffalo, and they move people around. I thought he was going to be against Jerry Hughes all day, but I don't think he, he really saw that much Jerry Hughes. Uh, yeah. They had other guys switching in and out, and that's, that's tough. They were running games and things, and he, he handled them. So, you know, this is a tough uh, – he'll see, probably see a lot of Khalil Mack. That's a nice week. segue uh, into – I know, yeah. e, uh, EJ, you're writing about Mack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we've seen Mack move around a lot in prior games against Eagles and, and other games uh, against other teams. Last year – Lane Johnson basically owned him mm-hmm. in the playoff game. Yep. I mean, he made a couple plays, but other than that, not really much. So what have you seen out of Mac this year in, in doing your uh, analysis of him heading in? And, and how do you think Diller will do against him? Well, I don't think he looks – he hasn't played it quite as well as he usually does, but he still has 5.5 sacks midway through the year. Um, I think the Bears' defensive front as a whole is just really, really good, and it's kind of – it's it's hard to just game plan for just him because there's so much there. Yeah. Um, they do. They also run a lot of games up front, and they've been talking a lot about how Dillard's good at passing those off. And um, you know, when I talked to him, he he talked about how how it, every week he's just gotten better at processing the speed of the game and you know the, the just kind of like the thought process that goes into it. So I think it's going to be really important that he keeps improving week to week on the mental side of things and picking up on those games and passing them off. Because um, if you don't, I mean, Mac's gonna get home eventually. Well, we've mentioned, I mean, Mac. I mean, excuse me, Dillard, and briefly Sanders. I mean, these are two rookies, their top two picks, right. and and you know the Eagles have kind of thrown them out there mm-hmm. um, into to. the fire, yeah. and they've each shown, I think, yeah. improvement. Yeah, they really have. I hated that Sanders had to go out last week right after scoring that sixty-five yard touchdown. That was such a breakthrough for him to score not on a pass that he caught, but on a run up the middle. Um, and the other runs were, I thought he was, yeah, he was emphatic right. in, in hitting it, getting his ta- toe in the ground and around, getting north. Didn't look like he was looking for something that wasn't there. Yeah. So, you know, let's see if he plays and if he can play effectively. I think that would be a good thing this week. The other thing I was going to mention with Khalil Mack, I think you and I talked about it yesterday, EJ, was that Akeem Hicks got hurt and is out. And uh, that people in Chicago seem to think that's had a big effect on Mac's effectiveness. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to double him maybe right. than it was with, with Hicks there. I don't know. I don't ever watch the Bears, but that sounds Hicks logical to me. Yeah. Hicks a beast. He's, he's a guy that you have to, you have to yeah. pay extra special attention to. Right. 
Um, one of the better top five, maybe defensive tackles in the league. Um, well, how did he hurt himself? I don't even know. I'm not sure. It was several weeks ago. Oh, I, yeah. I think he's out for the year. I, oh, I don't wow. know the injury, but uh, yeah, that, he's not going to be playing Sunday. And that's, yeah. yeah, that kind of makes things. I think that's one of the big reasons the Bears have struggled as much as they have, other than the fact that their quarterback has gone. Well, backwards. yeah, I mean the defense is still is still, still good. Good, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was the number one last year. Yeah, right? it's, you know, it not, isn't the, it's not the number one. And I'm yeah. sure probably some of that has also to do with the fact that, of the troubles on the, of the offense. Right. Because they're just they're – It's hard to have a it's hard to play defense yeah. when your offense is turning the ball over yeah. and, right. you know, not scoring and you get tired, you're out there forever. Yeah. You know. I mean, this is – so the, the Bears have already lost as many games as they – as they lost last year. Yes. Um, I, 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 Les, I don't know if you were along or EJ, you felt the same way. I thought that'd be a team that was taking a step back just because I'm not a Trubisky guy. Now he right. was hurt yeah. and he's coming back and maybe that has something to do with the fact that he hasn't been performing well, but um, well, there's looked, that whole he, new coach he, thing where a guy comes in and has a bunch of ideas and wows the league. And yeah. then all of a sudden people get an off season to look. We went through that with Chip Kelly <laughs> yeah. and this isn't, I'm not really comparing Matt Nagy to Chip Kelly, but you know, People look at what you do and they figure out ways to stop what you do, and you really Correct. have to go from there. You know. Well, I think that's certainly part of it. Um, I don't know if they're playing to Trubisky's strengths either. Yeah, it's almost too much more of a traditional offense, and, well, that, and it should be more like a Josh Allen, Alex Smith offense. And it, the thing that's really uh, striking about that is they were so eager to get rid of Jordan Howard. <laughs> if you look at their ground game this season, it's terrible. Uh, they drafted that guy, David Montgomery, from, I guess, Iowa State. Is that where he was from? He's averaging like three yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, they don't let Tariq Cohen run the ball anymore. When they do, he's averaging less than three yards a carry. Uh, I don't know what the idea is there. I, I, I can't imagine fans in Chicago are real happy about the idea that their offense never wants to run the ball. That's really not the way the, the NFC North is, is set up. But, uh, yeah, they – yeah, it's been an odd year for them offensively. And with quarterbacks like Trubisky, you really want to be able to run the ball and sort of run yeah. off play action and stuff like that. Take Just, the pressure off yeah, of him. Yeah, make it easy yeah. for him, yeah. But, he, yeah, I mean, they had a they had a good game without him. Was it Gabriel? Had three touchdown catches? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you're, I mean you're looking at that versus what, what uh, Trubisky has done in there. And Nagy kind of seems like he's struggling a little bit in terms of play calling. And this is a game that I think the Eagles should win and – could possibly, dare I say, about this team, because we don't know what we're going to get week to week, but win comfortably? I don't know. Les, where are you leaning on this? Yeah, I'm, I'm not there on the comfort scale yet. Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm going to be ridiculously wrong, but I'm probably going to pick – the Bears are like five-point underdogs in this game. Yeah. I'm probably going to say the Eagles are going to win by a couple, maybe three, if they you know don't turn over the ball and stuff. I, I want to see them come out and play – you know, a really dominant game uh, at home. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're back the, home. Against the Jets, you know, that yeah. didn't count. <laughs> I, I feel like coming back home will be a positive for them. Yeah. They've been very good at the at Lincoln Financial Field under Doug. Mm -hmm. So that'll be one thing that'll play in their favor, certainly. I just feel like the, the Trubisky. I think Schwartz eats young quarterbacks for the most yeah. part. Yeah, And uh, they, they'll, they'll find something to kind of pick on him with. I don't know what it'll be. And just kind of having the guys that he feels comfortable out there at the corner spot will allow him to play. I don't know, EJ, what have you, have you looked at the game closely enough to, to, to make a pick? I tend to agree with you guys. The only thing that's hanging me up a little bit is, again, like you said, it's kind of week to week. You don't really know what you're going to get. And I know that the Bears, they've lost three straight. 
I know there's going to be a sense of urgency on that yeah. side of things. Yeah, very know? good point. And it's like yeah. the same thing with the Cowboys game where the Cowboys were reeling, and it's just kind of like they needed that game. They were playing to save yeah. their season yep. that day, and mm-hmm. you could really tell it, and that's uh, – that's a big factor in the NFL. It really it is. It is. Like you you yeah. hate you you want to look at the matchups, you want to look at the right. you know, injuries, you want to look at everything and stuff like that, but like it really is weird how much the NFL does play by that narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could even see that last week. The Eagles were playing for their season and the Bills definitely weren't. The Bills were way ahead of where they thought they would be. And right. even though they wanted to show they were legit and, you know, get another win. They weren't really, you know, th- their season didn't depend on this. They were very, uh, yeah. you know, they didn't put up much of a fight once they got down in the second half. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they do lose this game, it, it would be a bitter pill to take heading into the bye with the, with the Patriots next on the yeah. slate, oh, followed yeah. by the Seahawks. Seahawks, yeah. They're both home, but those are two teams that should be making the postseason. You'll, you'll be underdogs in those games, I would think, unless you just Seahawks really, maybe not. But, well, but definitely. Yeah, if you beat the Patriots, then you're probably not going to be underdogs to the Seahawks. But, <laughs> right, right. But otherwise, you know. Yeah, maybe right now yeah. you'd say that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we don't know. This Again, I think this team, it's probably going to be in contention until the last week or so for the division title. And, you know, yeah. until then, they'll, they'll have a few losses here and there. And, and maybe this will be one of them. Maybe they can come back from it. But to go into Dubai 5-4 and four versus 4-5 four and five is huge. It sure is, because you look at that back half of the schedule, and there's some real winnable games there. You know, suddenly you're playing the Giants and the Redskins, and yeah. and people like that every week, and uh, you know that's that's going to be a little easier road for them than they had so far. But you have to get to that. You know, you can't need to win those games to get to eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to need to to get some wins now and use that to get to ten. You know. Yeah, I don't care either way. I just hope that no one significant gets a major injury. They'll have to worry about stretching in the next few weeks so oh, yeah. <laughs> on our, our yeah. bye week off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to put you in the spots. Picks, less. I'm going to go Eagles 19-16. to 16. Wow, it's super low scoring. Yeah, good defense. Yeah, yeah. Two, yeah okay. Yeah. I was going to go even lower. I was going to go Eagles 17-10. Wow, yeah. really? Okay. <laughs> um no, I still feel like the offense is with Deshaun to be a little better. I, th- I think they're going to score. I'm going to I'm going to pick 24 Eagles um, and then 17 the Bears. That's good. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, that's it for the Birds Eye View podcast. EJ, thanks for joining us for the first time. I'm sure yeah. we'll be back another time. Thanks for having me. Uh, Dama didn't seem very enthused about doing it today, so <laughs> th- there may be a little more EJ. Well, over I hope there. we don't. I hope our our Damo audience sticks with us here. I hope we don't lose that. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Who else is going to talk about 12 personnel? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's hard. <laughs> I, I like to talk a little bit about 12 personnel, but no one talks. And Damo's, he's, he's, he's been right about it, man. They used more yes. 12 personnel last week. We could have done a whole entire podcast about 12 personnel. Yeah. Ahead of his time. Exactly. <laughs> all right, well, that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast. Please read all our stuff at Inquire.com. Subscribe. Join the Early Birds uh, newsletter. You can get uh, in your inbox every morning with all the uh, links to our stories, plus additional fodder from, uh, from the Eagles Beat Reporters. Uh, and we should have a good slate of stories this weekend. Less, uh, hopefully, doing something on Jordan Howard. Well, I hope. Yeah, EJ, uh, something about Khalil Mack. I'm going to try and do something about Miles Sanders, uh, and our columnist will probably uh, wax poetic about something. Yeah. All right, talk to you guys soon.